Countryside Anywhere podcast. For more information about Countryside Church, including gathering times and location, check out teamcountryside.com. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Great to see you guys tonight. Welcome to all of you who are here on campus with us. And then, of course, we want to say Merry Christmas to all of you joining us online in our camp, our Countryside Anywhere campus. It's awesome. Every weekend, we get people from all over the world that actually tune into the services here. So if you're not from here, obviously, you're welcome to do that anytime. Uh, here's what I really want to start with tonight, though. It's something that's been on my mind. For those of you who were praying for a white Christmas, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, really. Yeah. And I, you know, theologically, I don't know if it's possible, but overprayed. I think you prayed too much. I don't, I don't know. Something happened. I mean, that storm, oh my gosh, that storm was incredible, wasn't it? I mean, last week was it four days that uh, the whole town basically was shut down uh, and we're stuck inside. It was just crazy. I got to thinking about it though, because you know, when you're stuck inside, you think about a lot of stuff. And, and I started thinking, you know, if you were in uh, like a hurricane in Florida, and uh, you had a baby during that time, oftentimes they'll name the baby after the storm, you know, and what was the storm was called? Diaz, I think, this time. Any new Diaz's in town? Okay, maybe not. Anyway, so now that the blizzard is over and the ludicrous low temperatures, I don't know what else to, what other word could you use to describe the temperatures from the last couple of weeks? I can just say this though, I am so glad that didn't happen this weekend. I am so glad that that storm is over, right? And, and because we want to get together and like millions of people all over the world tonight, we want to celebrate Christmas. And what are we celebrating? We're celebrating the fact that God's love for people was so strong that he was willing to come to earth in the form of a baby in a manger. Can you imagine how strong God's love for us has to be for him to be willing to go to that extent. Jesus being more born among us in a smelly manger. And what was happening there, of course, is God was just showing us a piece of his character. He was revealing to us something about himself. Look at this, if you would, for a second. Look at this prayer in Psalm 52. It says this, in your name I will hope, for your name is what? It's good. And you go, okay, well, what does that mean? Exactly? Well, of course, in the Bible, oftentimes when you see the names of people in the Bible, they would oftentimes receive a name that matched their character, some attribute uh, about them. Well, we see that God's people in the Old Testament, they would add descriptions to God's name to, to enhance or show different uh, pieces of God's character, just different aspects of, of God's character. Each one a distinct part of who God is, each one a promise to us. Well, tonight, just for a few minutes, I, I want to talk about one of those names. It comes out of the book of Ezekiel, and I'm going to give it to you in the original Hebrew, because I want you to be able to, you know, drop this later at Christmas dinner so your future mother-in-law will think you're smart, okay? Here it is. It goes this way. It says, Jehovah, say Jehovah. Shama, say Shama. Shama, Jehovah Shama. What does that mean? That means the God who is always there. This is an incredible promise from God that he, he is present, that He is there, that He is available to all who seek Him. 
And I get it. In our world today, oftentimes people are, are you know, many people are, are, are wondering, where, where is God? And in fact, I was reading an article the other day that was talking about that uh, how many thousands of people every day will type into their search engine the question, God, where are you? And you think, well, if, you know, if, the, if Siri starts answering that question, it'll be a little scary. The truth is, God is not hiding. He's not hiding. He is Jehovah Shammah. He is there. He is waiting for you. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've been up to, God is waiting for you to turn to him. And that means that we can count on him. And that's kind of remarkable these days, right? There's, there's plenty of things in, in this world that we can't really count on. You know, who, who knew that the whole state was going to get shut down by a storm two weeks in a row? Who knew that the whole world was going to be shut down by a virus? I mean, you talk about uncertain things, right? Look at the stock market. You know, my, my, my growth uh, income isn't like growing very much this year. So, you know, this struck me the other day. Have you ever seen a ski area close because they got too much snow? Thought that was a little weird. And then, of course, the biggest question of all that's on everybody's minds, and that is simply this, will the Broncos ever win ever again? Ever. I'm just curious, right? Lots of uncertain stuff out there. On Christmas Day, in fact, every day God is saying this to us. Look at Isaiah 41. God says, don't worry because I am with you. Don't be afraid because I'm your God. I will make you, uh, make you strong and I will help you. I will what? I will support you. And he, guys, that, that is awesome news. We need these things in our lives. We need things that are positive accurate, dependable. God says, I am the God that is always there, always, no matter what. And, and I know sometimes we don't, we don't feel him. Sometimes he, he feels maybe a little bit distant. But I got to tell you today, listen, if you invite Jesus into your life, he is never going to leave you. It's who he is. He is Jehovah Shammah. He says this in Psalm 32, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I will what? watch over you. And this verse just simply reminds us that God who created everything has the best plans for us if we'll open ourselves up to those plans. And him having those plans for us is good because if we're honest, guys, we don't always make the best plans. We don't always make the best decisions. I was standing, you know, the other day watching out the front window as that snow was dumping down and the piles were getting high and my lovely wife was walking by and I mentioned something to her about that maybe I would go into town, see if anything was open. And she was like, I don't think you're going to get anywhere. I don't think that's going to happen. I was like, have you seen my 79 Bronco? It can go anywhere anywhere, any storm, right? And so she's smart, so she calls my bluff. She's like, okay, superstar, go for it. Go ahead, right? And I'm like, well, I would, but I don't want to get my Bronco dirty. You know, our plans aren't always great, but thankfully God has good plans, great plans for us. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to be easy or life is going to be trouble-free. No, it means that He's there. That he, that he wants to help us, that he wants to, us to walk through this life with him, learning from him, trusting him. And when we mess up, look at Lamentations 3. It says, I have hope when I think of this. 
The Lord's love never ends. His mercies never stop. They are new every when? Every morning. And I can't tell you how many days I have, I, I have just depended on the truth of that, that, that verse, right? Because what it, it reminds me of is the fact that, that I can't do anything that's ever going to make God stop loving me. You can't. That last phrase, God's mercies are new every morning. And what is that doing? It's showing God's attitude towards me. It's showing God's attitude towards you. To make this happen for us, God took another step, right? To allow his presence in our lives, and his name is Jesus. When I trust my life to God, when we become followers of Christ, if we make that decision, he forgives us. He makes us new. He gives us new life. He gives us fresh mercies. Every day, every moment. Now, I, I know we're here tonight and, you know, it's Christmas Eve, it's magical, it's white Christmas, it's not freezing out anymore, which is great or not that cold, right? But the world doesn't stop. Uh, the challenges of our life don't stop. A lot of us are carrying some heavy burdens tonight. I just want to encourage you. Embrace Jesus. Embrace Him. He loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. Listen, listen to this verse and really key in on this verse. As God is saying this in Isaiah 46, He says, I have cared for you since you were born. Yes, I carried you before you were born. I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. To whom? Will you compare me? Because of Jesus, what Jesus did, that creates hope. There is hope. If you feel alone, remember, he is Jehovah Shammah. He is the God who is always there. You can turn to him, and you'll never be without him. And you may not always, always feel that, but he is there. He sees you. He cares. He wants to help. He is Jehovah Shammah. He is the God that is always there. I hope you see tonight that hope and peace come from remembering the presence of God in your life. There are a lot of things in this life that are uncertain, right? But these things we can count on. This is a rare certainty in life. That no matter what happens, God is with us. That He is there. He's simply waiting for us to turn to Him. He is faithful and from the beginning of time, he had a plan for you, and his name is Jesus. And so hope and peace come from remembering the presence of God in our lives. Our hope and peace, as we think about this at this Christmas time, our hope and our peace are rooted in this, that God loves us so much that he sent his son to step into our story, that God, the creator of the universe, would care about us so much, would pay attention to us in such a way that he would send his son to live and die for us, that he would come to earth to live for us. When we were far from him, he came to us. He made a way for us. And so we look at this ultimate expression of Jehovah Shammah, God with us, that he would send his son, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us, God, the creator of the universe, with not in opposition to us, not in, in frustration with us or anger toward us or distance from us, but, but with us. God with us. God with you.
And God is faithful. His love for us is so great that he had a redemptive plan for each of us, that Jesus came for us, that his presence shows us exactly how far God is willing to go to make a way for us to live in relationship with him. For some of us, maybe we have thought about what it would look like if we had the chance to change the world, right? What would it look like? What would we do if we had a chance to, to step into the story in some kind of way that would, would radically shift the way the world works? And I would imagine if we had had any thought about that or if we took some time to think about that, it wouldn't look anything like what God did. But God looked at the world and had a plan for the world and he sent his son, a baby, right, to step into our story. And what's so beautiful about this is that he sent his son to show the way for us, to make a way for us. And in such a beautifully tangible way, right? He didn't send an idea. He didn't send this hopeful, good thought. He sent his son, Jesus. And Jesus isn't just an idea. He isn't just a thought. He is, right? God with us. And so Jesus, all God, all men, dwelling among us, living on earth, making a way for us. 700 years before Jesus came onto the scene, before he was born, the prophet Isaiah pointed to the moment that was to come, spoke into the the hopes and the expectations of the people of God, saying there will be a Savior. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, he writes this, The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And as Mark said just moments ago, words matter, names matter, right? And the name that, that, that was given to Jesus before he showed up on the scene was important and intentional. Centuries before he was born, God spoke to the prophet, through the prophet Isaiah and said, this is who he will be, God with us, right? Hope and peace come from the presence of God in our lives. This long-awaited Savior taking on flesh and blood, dwelling with us fully God, fully man, understanding the weaknesses and challenges of the human condition, and yet able to help us. And so his presence has a purpose to save us, right? It wasn't just that God showed up, but that God showed up to make a way for us. The name Jesus, to to look at Emmanuel, God with us, and then the name Jesus means God is our salvation. And so we put these things together and we say that he is with us, and in him is our salvation, Names matter, right? And the name that, that of Jesus is where we find our hope and it's where we find our peace. And so for some of us, I'm going to talk to dads about Christmas for just a moment because I learned some things when I became a dad that I felt like maybe nobody told me about that I needed to be prepared for. So some of you kind of know the drill. Some of you, maybe this is your first Christmas, like preparing as a father for, for Christmas, but you're going to need to have the dad Christmas kit. Right? Some of you know what this is because you've already put it together. It's ready. It's like a, a pocket knife to, to like cut tape if you need to. It's, it's strategically located trash bags to make sure that as presents are unwrapped that, that the, the paper ends up in the trash bags. It's, it's pliers. It's a small toolkit to be able to put stuff together as it's, as it's opened up. The other thing that you're going to learn, if you haven't already learned this, I learned this the hard way having daughters. I grew up with brothers having daughters. There are toys that are are packaged in such a way that it is utterly impossible to get them out of the packaging, right? I I had no clue that you could have as many little like wire tie kind of things as as it takes to hold Barbie's hair into into the packaging in just like such a perfect way. And you're unpacking these things with an audience, right? With, with this eager, this, this child looking at you saying, why can't you get Barbie out of the, of the package very quick, Dad? We're just waiting. 
Getting them out of the package is one thing. Putting toys together is a whole, that's a whole different thing, right? Not just Barbie, it's the Barbie dream house. And now you're like assembling something. And, and look, we, we know this, that when there's an audience, things just don't go quite as well as if you just kind of had the time to think about it clearly. And so we have these moments, and I've had these moments, and you may have these moments where you're working on this project, you're putting this thing together, and it's like the more I work and I'm following the instructions, or maybe we're the kind of people who throw the instructions away, but as we're trying to figure out how to put this together, we're making more and more and more of a mess. It is not turning out like what we hoped it would turn out like. And so at Christmas, we just take this, this, this picture of, of what this means for us. Can you imagine can you imagine if in that moment, once a mess has been made of the project, when things have not gone well, when, when, when it's all seeming like it's, it's never going to come together in the right way, too many pieces have been put together in too many wrong ways, the creator, the one who put the whole thing into motion, the one who designed this, who wrote the instruction sheet, shows up, steps in and says, let's try this again. But this time, let's, let's do it together. Right? God with us. This God of second chances who steps in, which, which means that, that no matter the mess that we have made, no matter the habits that we've allowed to, to become things that form us, the mistakes that we've made, the things that we've done, the, the, the circumstances that we find ourselves in, God is with us. He's the God of second chances. And this is what it means for God to show up and to step into our stories. Jesus' birth, Jesus' birth and his presence in the world isn't just a historical event. It's personal for all of us. And for some of us, we are, are navigating a, a year, maybe as we look at this Christmas season, we're reminded of the things that we have lost this year. And we're looking, and maybe for some of us, we'd say it this way, that it's like we've opened gifts, and they were unexpected, and they were not what we wanted, right? We've had our hearts broken in, in all sorts of different ways. We've, we've been, been treated in ways that we never would have expected to be treated. We've gone through all sorts of hardship. And we've opened these things. And now we're having to deal with these things that, are, that, are, that have shown up in our lives. So it's not just that, that we have made mistakes. It's not just the things that we've done, but, but the things that have happened to us. And it's into that that we get the hope and the peace that comes with God with us. That even when our story looks like that, and it's an unexpected and unwanted kind of situation, that, that God steps in and he brings hope and he brings peace. And so we have hope and peace because of the presence of God in our lives. John, as we're recording the story of Jesus in John chapter 1, verse 12, says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Emmanuel, a name, but not just a name, it's an invitation. And so we look at life in, through this lens. So, so for those of us who have opened presents, opened gifts this year that, that were un, unwanted and unexpected, that we are we are invited to live in relationship, to find our hope and our peace and the presence of God in our lives as, 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 as made tangible and evident through Jesus Christ. For some of us, it's an invitation to lean into our relationship with God. That maybe we've allowed our relationship to God, with God to, to grow a little cold, to grow a little distant, that, that we look and we say, well, like my faith and my relationship with God is something that happens maybe in this, in this place. But what we're talking about is when we say God with us, that's an invitation for us to lean into not just these moments, but to say, what does it look like for us, for us to go from here and to live, life, to live life out there differently because of what God is doing for us, to go and have God work in us and through us because he is with us in conversations. He's with us in relationships, even the hard relationships, to live life and through, through, through that lens. And it's also an invitation 
to, get, to, to begin a relationship with God, to allow him to be your hope and your peace, to, to take those things maybe that you've allowed to, to be present in your life or the decisions that you've made that would say, these, these are all the things that I think would, would somehow disqualify me from God's love or disqualify me from, from God wanting to have anything to do with me. And the beautiful thing is before we did anything right, before we straightened ourselves up or cleaned ourselves up or, or did any of those kinds of things, God sent his son Jesus for us. And so this becomes an invitation to take hold of a promise that, that makes all the difference in our lives, that, that gives us a life-changing and life-giving relationship with God. And so we're going to pray. And it's very, very simple. If, if you want to accept the invitation, whether that's an invitation to, to have hope and peace through, through Jesus Christ or or it's, it's an invitation to lean into the relationship, or we're accepting the invitation to take that first step in our relationship with God. The beautiful thing is that, that God not only hears our words, but he hears our thoughts. And so we can pray together, and you can pray with me as we pray, and accept this invitation that has been given, that has been made evident through the name of Jesus, God with us, God our salvation. Let's pray. God, thank you. God, thank you first for this Christmas season where we can be reminded of your goodness. God, where we can be reminded of, of the grace that you have poured into our lives. And so God, I pray specifically and, and invite those who would, who would like to take this first step in relationship with you, God, that, God, that we pray together. God, thank you for forgiveness. God, I pray that you would forgive us of, of the mistakes that we've made. God, that you would begin to write a new story in our lives. God, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who, who came and lived and died to make a way for me. And God, I pray that you would step into my life and be Lord and Savior. And God, for those of us who are, who are wanting to take seriously and lean into the relationship with you, God, I pray that you give us wisdom, God, to, to see the world differently, to trust you as, you as you lead us and go with us into this world. God, may, may our relationship with you not just be an in here thing, but God, it's an, it's an, it's an all of life thing. It's an out there thing too. And then God, I pray specifically for those of us who, who have opened those unwanted and unexpected gifts. God, I think of situations that I'm aware of in this room and aware of in the life of this church. God, for, God, for where there's need for for peace, God, I pray you'd bring peace. God, where there's need for comfort, I pray that you'd be comforter. God, where there's need for healing, God, I pray that you'd be healer. God, where there's need for provision, God, I pray that, that you would provide. God, that we would find our hope and our peace in your presence in our lives. And so we pray this with gratitude for, for your son, Jesus, and we pray this in his name. Amen.